welcome to Your Future Starts Now, the go-to podcast for extraordinary women who are ready to step into their next chapter with authentic confidence. I'm your host, Gia Lakwa, empowerment coach, motivational speaker, children's book author, and girl mom. Whether you're a corporate powerhouse or an entrepreneur, this show is designed for you. Your Future Starts Now is more than just a podcast. It's a movement, a movement towards rewriting the rules of success for high-achieving women. Are you ready to get unstuck and step into your next chapter? If so, you're exactly where you need to be. Your future starts now. Welcome to Your Future Starts Now. I'm your host, Gia Lacqua. Thanks for tuning in today. I am thrilled to welcome Courtney McDermott to the show. Courtney is a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and mind-body expert who helps the world's leading organizations and creatives to disrupt old patterns of behavior, grow healthy businesses, and apply the physiology and psychology needed for success. Her work in the field of self-development and business strategy has been featured in Inc., Women's Health, Success, The Huffington Post, Fox News, and many other mainstream business and lifestyle media. Courtney's career highlights include her time as an executive at Vanity Fair Corporation, vice president at Sustainability Partners, Inc., and then running her own businesses with clients and audiences at Universal Music Group, Google, Nike, and Virgin Unite. Courtney speaks four languages and lives between Italy and the U.S. Courtney, it is such a pleasure to have you join us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Gia. I'm glad to be here. Today, we are talking about personal transformation. But before we dive into that, um, Courtney, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Wow. So there, there are a lot of backstories to my story. <laughs> I, um, you know, when I, when I wrote my first book, actually, I was very much in a place that was similar to what you and I talked about before we hopped on this, this uh, conversation, which was at this place that I called miserably successful. So I sort of had all the gold stars. I was, I was excelling in corporate and all of the, all of the things, titles, accolades, what, whatever, whatever it was, I had it. And I was just really feeling incredibly unfulfilled. And there were so many cold shower moments. So I was like, this cannot be it. And I, I believe I heard you call it in one of your shows, the arrival fallacy. And I just loved that when I heard it from you because I thought, wow, yeah, that was the point that I got to over and over of this place that you think is it and yet it's not. And it doesn't come from anything actually. It doesn't even come from the thing, other things we're told like family and all these other things. It comes from inside of you. And yeah. so really accessing those feelings of confidence and trust and strength and well-being and knowing how to do that. And that's kind of what sparked that original sort of jumping ship from corporate, the corporate life and the thing that everyone thinks they want are many things that we're often told to want. And then just launched me into multiple iterations of who I'm becoming all the time more and more. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. And just to, to remind listeners, the arrival fallacy, and thank you for calling that out is this concept of you know, we will be happy once we reach a destination. Once we achieve the next goal or the next milestone, we will be happy. We will be successful. But the quest never ends because once you get there, right, as high achieving women, we're already on to the next thing. We're looking for the next fix. And so it is a great point. 
Um, and I love how you touch upon that in your book, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But yeah, it's this feeling of being overwhelmed and unfulfilled and feeling stuck, right? And then what's next or what's on the other side of that? And that can be really scary for a lot of people. Um, and I love in your book, you talk about the concept of a nudge. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, this comes up in a lot of my episodes and I love the way you've coined that term because it is a great way to describe it. <laughs> Tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about uh, your concept of the nudge, you know, how it comes up and how we can identify that. Yeah. Well, I actually was at a, one of my friend's conferences recently and she called it this cosmic pinch, like you get pinched <laughs> by the universe over and over. And yeah, I called it nudge, but I call it lots of different things. It's sort of this instinctual knowing to move away from something or move towards something. Mm -hmm. And I also like to think of it as an evolutionary impulse a lot of times. Yeah. Sometimes we can get sort of misleading uh, nudges that come from our own fears of maybe leaving what it is that's really familiar to us and moving into new territory, which could be, yeah, like go for it. Or it could be hey, wait, slow down. Let's take a moment and really kind of test the waters here. And I think it's important to start to understand the difference between these kinds of nudges of, okay, I'm, I'm really feeling called towards something or I'm really feeling pushed away towards something from something else. But also mm -hmm. that's a deeper understanding or deeper listening that we're not that accustomed to, which is really what's happening inside of you. And so we can, we can even forget about how to define it or anything else. It's just take a moment, give yourself a timeout the way you would with, you know, as a loving mother, for example, and say, I'm here. What's up? I'm here. What's up? It, it is really that simple, but it's, we get into this sort of chase, 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 run, run, run. And we miss that moment to really clarify within ourselves what's going on. And so when I was writing about the nudges, that's where it was coming from. Yeah, it's, it's so true and so powerful. And it is really hard to sit with ourselves in that silence and listen to the chatter and the noise, right? And, and really just get clear on what it is that, um, you know, what our inner core is telling us and what that inner voice is saying. Because a lot of times we tune it out, we can become very dissociated from our bodies. And I think, you know, another important concept is, you know, we, there's this idea that we live in seven year cycles, right? That we go through transformation every seven years, mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, it's not that we have to stay set in our identity for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you wrote two books. Um, your first one is Change Starts Within You. And your second one, which you released in 2023, is Give Yourself Permission. And I want to just read it's on the back cover, but it's also the first introductory paragraph. This book is not about getting somewhere because you're already there. It's not about becoming someone because you already are that someone. It's not about having or doing because the having and doing will happen through you once you awaken to the truth of who and what you are. It's so incredibly powerful, just that paragraph alone. And I want to touch upon in the work that you and I both do, the identity piece, because it is so important. And as women, you know, 
we wear many hats, we have many roles, and identities are by nature multifaceted, right? And that's okay. Um, and, and, you know, it's important to recognize that they can coexist. But I want to talk about this distinction between identity and the masks that we wear. Yeah, oh gosh, I love this conversation. It's sort of my favorite, one of my favorite conversations. So the word person comes from persona. They were the masks they wore in ancient Greek theater. So if we just still pause on that for a moment, we get a huge clue about what's going on when we over-identify with a role. And I wish I knew who to attribute this to. I heard it somewhere, but I can't recall where this idea that someone's playing Hamlet in a play over and over, day after day, year after year, and then all of a sudden in the middle of, the New- in the middle of New York, <laughs> goes to this cafe and starts speaking like Hamlet because he's convinced he's Hamlet, right? He's at that point, he's just like, he is the character. And that's, I mean, really our greatest actors do that, right? They embody a character to the point where it's, there's almost no distinctions. Like Hector, how is, what is his name in Silence of the right. Lamb? And this piece is so important because you can play characters. You can, you have to play characters. I mean, that's the ego. That's the ego, the lowercase I. That's what we do in this dimension, in this game that we're all going around and having fun, hopefully having fun playing. And that's really the idea is that when you start to realize you're not any of those roles, you get to play those roles. You get to enjoy those roles, but you are so much greater than the role itself. Mm-hmm. And when you really start to make that distinction between, okay, this is, this is something that I enjoy. This is something, well, hopefully we want to get to that place, but this is something that I enjoy doing. Like I enjoy mothering and I'm also so much more than a mother. And that piece, it seems like almost like <gasps> sacrilege, you know, we're not, we're, we are that thing because we're so taught to identify with the role, to become one with the role that we forget that it's just, again, just something that we get to do as humans in this dimension, in this space and time. And so for me, this piece is really critical because the, the sooner you realize that you're not the role, the sooner you can start to reinvent the roles you're playing and reinvent even within a, a pre-existing role. So if there are facets of mothering, for example, I'm taking mothering as one example. There's so many that we could draw from, but there are maybe things that you say, wait a second, um, I'm sort of running a script there. And who, whose is it? You know, I noticed this recently with my own daughter, we were talking about sex and she's almost 15. And I realized like, holy moly, how far I've come because I never <laughs> would have thought that I would be having these conversations, you know, with a 14 year old. And yet, um, cause I wasn't raised that way. And there, sure. but I, I had to, and I have to continually redefine how I'm showing up within the, sometimes the confines or the expansions of those roles. And I think the more you challenge it and the more you really get with it and start to play with it, the more you can expand within and also into new ones. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. And, you know, I think sometimes the universe forces us to shift and change. And then other times we sort of get stuck. So I'd love to know from your experience and perspective, how, how do we know when we've outgrown our identity, when we've outgrown that shell and we're ready to step into something new? I think for, well, for me, I know that it was 
sometimes really loud sort of banging, like this is not working, this is not, this is not comfortable. Because that's the other thing we talk about comfort zone, but really what we're talking about is I'm used to this. I kind of know how to operate within this and it's familiar to me. And so I think again, when we start to realize that it's not all that comfortable and we start to really get with, okay, what's again, we have to get with it. And this doesn't mean that you have to sit, sit in a room and, you know, sit cross-legged and and meditate. It means like, just get with yourself. It could be on a walk. (laughs) I find that most high-performing women, it's like, get outside, get in the middle of the woods, talk to the woods. Like I have a guy of a client, she has whole conversations with the woods, you know? And I love it because I'm like, yes, exactly. Get back into that innate wisdom and knowing. And like for me as well, it just came in so many like smaller and bigger wake up calls of like, oh, something's off. And again, you can get so many different messages about it, but it'll be a discomfort. And you you mentioned something earlier we can get into if you want, but it's also that disconnect, right? From your body, from the wisdom that's also there. And um, I think a lot of, especially again, high-performing women tend to fall into that because we've mentally, you know, we've just, it, it, we're in such constructs. We've, we've, we've put ourselves in them after we've been put in them. And I think mm-hmm. what I'm seeing in it more and more is women waking up and being like, no, no, no. So whatever that no sounds like, or whatever that again, nudge feels like, that's the moment and the opportunity to, to listen and tune in. Yeah. I love that. I, I do think we become very disconnected as high achieving women and we're very heady right? Mm-hmm. We're very logical, very rational, very pragmatic, which is a strength, mm-hmm. no doubt. Mm-hmm. But it comes at the expense of losing touch with, to your point, our inner knowing and our core and even our body, like learning to re, relearn how to feel the sensations in our body, I think is so important. So yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about that mind-body connection, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I still remember the day I was doing um, a practice called Koya actually, and uh, which is a movement that founded by a woman as well out of New York. And I remember doing this exercise of shaking through every part of my body. And there were parts of my body that I couldn't shake because there was just so much rigidity in my form. I couldn't shake. So like I could barely shake. It was crazy. And I remember right after doing that practice, just weeping, just sitting down and weeping for how disconnected I was from my body. And you're absolutely right that the rational and the precise and all of that, they're great gifts. They're phenomenal gifts. And when they're married with that knowing, with that inner wisdom, with that thing that actually transcends logic. It's ahead of logic. Like for example, right now, a lot of my writing, I don't even sit at my computer anymore. I actually just lay down and dictate things into my phone. And what comes through is so perfect. And I know it comes as well from all the training and experience and life that I've lived, but it's also coming from this deeper opening and relaxing into that. And that is just like, that's when universes open up for us. Yeah. That's such an incredible example because right when I think about writing, there's an image in my head 
Mm-hmm. Right. Of me sitting at my desk, writing on a piece of paper, typing on my computer. And it's hard to get out of that. It's hard to see beyond that. So I love that example of you write by lying down. You don't have a pen in your hand. There's no computer <laughs> like that is just so incredible. And, you know, breaking through some of those subconscious beliefs and, you know, preconceived notions that we hold and we don't even recognize. So the awareness around, you know, what are we wedded to? What are we stuck to? How are we holding ourselves hostage in those beliefs? And and really thinking beyond that and allowing ourselves, to your point, give yourself permission, right, to think beyond those barriers can be so powerful. Yeah. And for me, for example, I also think it's so important for for us, for women like us to understand that it's also extremely logical to lay down and dictate, for example, just taking that example, a few things happen. One, for I also want to preface this by saying I turn data off my phone when I do this. So when I use the phone to dictate into a memo, yep. I don't have data on. So really the only kind of interruptions that can come are regular phone calls, which hardly ever come <laughs> anymore. And so I don't get interrupted by anything. So there I'm also just calming my nervous system and every and everything that goes along with that. And we can talk about the chemical the the chemical responses that are that are happening or not happening as yeah. a result of that but even just brainwave frequencies right we know that the minute we start to relax and lay down we're moving out of brainwave frequencies that are not conducive to to pretty much anything that we want to do creatively right so most of us are going around in beta most of us are going around in high beta maybe you know you've kind of managed to do some different exercises or breathing that gets you in a mid-range beta or even low beta, great. But you start laying down and there you're moving into alpha, you're starting to move into even theta. And so you're getting access to frequencies that are somewhere between that crazy, frenetic, got to get somewhere and it's all available to you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I didn't get this right away either. And I used to just be at my computer typing away hours and hours, like mm-hmm. all the things. So, you know, burst and everything. And, and that did work, but it's a very inefficient way for us to move about our lives and what it is that we want to bring into the world. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the other important points you make in your book is about we often become too serious. <laughs> and it's definitely very relatable. Um, and it's how do we take off that mask of being so serious because we're supposed to be, you know, a professional, we're supposed to be a responsible adult. Um, but how do we take that off and ask ourselves, like, who do we really want to be? Mm-hmm. And whether it's lying down, dictating into your phone, your stream of consciousness, whether it's getting outside in nature, whether it's being silly with your kids. I have found that to be so incredibly powerful in tapping into my inner child and just allowing myself my, myself to have fun with my kids and not being so serious all the time is like really therapeutic, right? And so, and just asking yourself, who do I want to be? Like, what, is this really who I want to be all the time? Because I guarantee you it's probably not. <laughs> So really figuring out like what, what is that and tapping into that, I think is a really important point. And do you want to talk a little bit, you mentioned the brain frequencies. Can you explain a little bit to our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the alpha, beta, 
and theta brainwave frequencies and um, a little more about that. Yeah, for sure. And for a second, I'd like to also backtrack for people listening, because I do think this is one of our biggest challenges is just getting silly and taking ourselves less seriously. And for me personally, like I do crazy stuff all the time. Like my daughter's like, please, mom, please don't, you know, I'll be in the middle of the airport and I'm doing these crazy stretches or whatever, just because I never used to do that. I never would allow myself to do that in the past. And what I realized was like the more I give myself that permission to just say, okay, I'm, I'm going rogue. I am going rogue. And the more I do it, I'm like, damn, this is fun. Like this is, it reminds me of, you know, that uh, unless you become again as children, you shall not inherit the kingdom. It's like, mm-hmm. we are, that's how we are. We are mm-hmm. designed that way as humans. If you look at any young child, and that's probably why you notice this when you're playing with your kids is like, it's all possible. It's all a world of invention and imagination. Exactly. And so I, the more we kind of challenge ourselves and I get that it's so, so hard. So starting small with those little things of just, for me, like I, I started a lot on my own too. And I would have conversations like with life or I, I say God sometimes, or however that, however you want to conceive of that force energy that's coursing through you. And I, I would have these conversations like, what am I doing? You know, what is this about? Why am I here? You know, and I would get like kind of flippant and then I would get a little silly and then boom, I would have some of the most major breakthroughs in my life and my career. So yeah, really, really encouraging listeners um, that that's a really powerful stance is like, screw it. You know, yeah, um, it's liberating too, right? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. So that's that's a huge piece. And I get it. Like, it's a struggle, but it's worth it. So there's that. Brainwave frequencies. I I really love to explain to people bits about, you know, how, whether it's neuroscience or epigenetics or, or, or theory around quantum theory of how all, like when you hear things like, you know, we're creating it or we have these possibilities, like, let's look at the science here. So if you, if you look at brainwave frequencies, they're really fascinating because as I said, most of us are kind of going around all day in these beta frequencies. And the best way I've ever heard that described is like a four gear race car, race car that you're driving in first gear all day long. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I don't want to do that. And I could feel the wear and tear and I could see it. Like sometimes I show pictures of myself from 10 years ago and I was in corporate and people can't believe I'm the same human. And they think I'm like, I look so much, however they might describe it, but they're just like, what is this light? You know, and I was, I I, I can't wait to check out your, your, one of your books about that. But like, what is, what is this light? Where is it coming from? And a lot of it has to do with for example, these frequencies. So when we're in high beta, we are just strung out or stressed. We're going to get where we're going because we're so, uh, what's the word like to high strong, <laughs> but it's, but it's not effective at all. And so, um, so when you start to move through those different ranges of beta, which will happen naturally too, when you just calm down, I used to say that my best ideas came to me in the loo. Cause it was like the only time I was getting up from my computer and taking a break. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, wait, I didn't draw the connection until way too late. But yeah. you know, when you start to move into alpha frequencies, when you start, so that's like second gear on the car. And that's where you start to get more creative in the way you process information, but also you start to retain information mm-hmm. more easily. Then you move into theta. 
Theta is where you start to release catecholamines, like vital for learning and memory. And then you, you know, you move into delta. There are other brainwave frequencies, um, like gamma is fascinating. I actually have been in gamma before. It's wild. Um, but you like delta is where you're releasing human growth hormone. This is, these are all of these are happening every single day for every single one of us, at least twice a day. So when you're going in and out of sleep, and this is one of the reasons why I can't stress enough, like don't grab your phone first thing. Don't use it as your alarm. Put it in a separate room. And I know people have a little bit of like detachment anxiety around this. um, And I get it because billions of dollars are invested to keep us like after that device. But there is this one thing, just like giving yourself those five minutes when you wake up and before you go to sleep and then starting to expand that because you're going to see that the more you reclaim that precious time, which is when you're most programmable, for yourself and not like, oh, I have to reach these goals, but just who am I? Like mm-hmm. getting with yourself for five minutes. And again, the more you do that, the more you start to open up to these other potentials. And so yeah, brainwave frequencies are one of the many ways that I like to explain to people how, like what's actually happening in your systems, because we're not unfortunately taught that much about these operating systems, which is mm-hmm. such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. and. That's really good information to have and understand because, and I think it's also good for those of us who like to understand the science behind it, right? Because I think you touch upon this in your book too, but like some people could look at this and say, oh, this is very like woo-woo. I don't know if I believe in it, right? But there, it is science-based. It's all rooted in neuroscience. And so thank you for explaining that piece of it because I think it is super important to recognize and understand. And the other piece of advice I like to give clients because we're not asked this question enough, but I would say in those moments when you do wake up and before you have the external stimulation, check in with yourself and ask yourself, what do I need? Right? Like, what do I need in this moment? So for me, self-care was really hard for me to establish because it felt selfish and all the reasons, right? All the excuses I used to give myself. And what I learned to do was have some time dedicated to it, but I didn't have to necessarily in advance, identify how I was going to be spending that time, right? Mm -hmm. So I could know that I have time dedicated, but not know what I'm using it for and ask myself, what do I need? Do I need to walk? Do I need to lie down on my PEMF mat? Do I need to work out? Do I need to read a book? Do I need to take a nap? Um, And I think it's important to recognize that, you know, give yourself grace and be flexible with what you need in that moment and listening to yourself as opposed to having a preconceived notion or a prescribed plan of what you should right? Quote unquote, be doing with that time. So I think that's, that's really helpful to understand. Um, Courtney, on this podcast, we talk a lot about redefining success. And I know we talked about kind of, you know, how we were, how women as women, we've been conditioned to sort of check all the boxes of life. And then we find ourselves typically in a place where we're like, okay, I've done all these great things. I have the accolades, I have the credentials, I have the title, I have, you know, the paycheck, but now what? Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about how do you define success and how has that definition evolved for you over time? Great, great question. So success for me is trusting. Trusting, that's it. It's really, really simple. And actually it's one of the things that I find even extremely 
successful quote unquote women who come and say to me like that they have issues with confidence, for example. I mean, that that's wild to me. So many women, not just the women you would maybe think have issues like pretty much every woman has come to me at some point and said like, oh, I have a crisis of confidence around this. And mm -hmm. if you look at the word confidence, and I like to think of it as almost synonymous with, with success because the word means confidere, with trust or with reliance. And so it's this deep trusting, this deep reliance in yourself, in life, in others. And if you think about it really, and I, this blows my mind, I talk about it often because I just find it so just bizarre that we trust in virtually every single thing that's occurring within us and out and outside of us. We have to for our survival. Okay. So, I mean, none of us are, well, hopefully, unless there's a serious psychosis involved, like we're not running around saying, uh, you know, is my heart going to beat? Is it not going to beat? Is it going to beat? Is it not going to beat? Like, unless we have some condition, we're not questioning that. We just, mm -hmm. we just assume that it's going to go about what it needs to do. And the trillions of biochemical reactions occurring in our body are going to keep doing what they need to do every single second and coordinating each one with every other one. We don't think about it. We don't try to devise a five-year plan for it. We just trust it. Right. And in the same way, we don't go to bed at night thinking, you know, is the sun going to come up? Is it not going to come up? Is it going to come up? We trust it. We know that we have to, like I said, in order to survive. And yet there's this infinitesimal part of our, what's left over that we take and we say, oh, but I can't trust that. Like, I can't trust that I'm on track for where I need to, where I want to go. I can't trust that my children are forming the identities that they need for what it is that they uniquely will have to face in their life, in their journey. I can't trust that. I've got to control it. I can't trust that this relationship is going to go the way that it needs to go. I need to do this, this, that, and the other. And so we fall into this, again, huge trap of being like, I got to fix everything and control everything. Otherwise, the sky's going to fall. Mm -hmm. And when I stopped that, and the more, like, and even now, whenever I notice, oh, crap, I'm back. Like I'm trying to control something. Yep. I try to stop it right away, nip it in the bud because the more I know that I can be in that trust stance and whatever's happening, I can just be in this relaxed trust around it. Now, does that mean I love everything that's happening? Not always. No, no. I, I do love a lot of what, of what happens in my life, what occurs, but there are definitely moments where I'm like, dang, you know, I don't know, maybe that could have gone another way. But I have to, I have to trust because that trust is my success. Cause that trust means I'm okay. Mm -hmm. We're okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Even though I don't know how it's, I don't know how it's going to, how this is going to affect us, where it's going to take us and everything else. Just relaxing into that is my definition of, of success and kind of the way I've reframed success in my own life and continually do so. It is. That's so beautiful. And I love the way you talk about trusting, right? The order of the universe and the way things work, trusting yourself. Um, and you also touched upon such an important concept for high achieving women, which is this feeling of needing control or, you know, the illusion of having control. Um, I, I think that's another important thing to recognize and, um, you know, question in, in, our actions, what we're doing. I think 
You know, also to your point around trust, one of the things I like to think about is when we are having a hard time because it's not all rainbows and puppy dogs, right? We know that. But in those moments when we are having a challenging or a trying time, think about the ones you've had in your life. And as you reflect back on them, you will likely be able to see the growth that came from those experiences or the lessons that you learned from those experiences. Now, when you're in it, right? It's torture. (laughs) You feel, you know, you're going through hell, but when you're able to reflect back on them, obviously they're less painful, hopefully, and you're, you're able to see how you grew through them. And so in those moments, when you are having a really trying or challenging time, you know, I try to reframe that for myself and for my clients, instead of saying like, why is this happening to me? right? Maybe the question is, what is this trying to teach me? Mm -hmm. Right. And recognizing that, you know, maybe there's a reason why you're going through what you're going through and being able to grow through that and realizing that it might be a redirection. Wonder closing is another door opening, right? And so I think having that sort of frame of mind really helps with the resilience component. Yeah. I think that can be an initial, definitely an initial way to start that, that reframing process. And then for me, what's happened in my life is I liken it to when my daughter was growing up and she would get growing pains in her legs and she would be Mm -hmm. up crying all night. And I would just be laying there with her and I would just say, you're growing baby. It's okay. You're growing, you're going. And I would just be with her and I would just be with her in that pain. Sure. And as mature women and as coming to a point in your life where wisdom starts to take the place of, um, of intelligence is I'm with you. Like, I don't even know how this process is happening. I don't know why, but I'm right here, babe. I'm right here. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier of like, I'm here. What's up? And just being with it, like without even trying to ask ourselves any questions or rational or like, you know, reframe it or change it or fix it or make ourselves put it in a different light. So we feel a little bit less triggered or however it is, whatever, whatever we're feeling for me, it's just like, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere because you're not. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that's like, that's the bizarre thing. Like we go around in circles and we try to do all these things to like, not feel that. And to your point, precisely to your point, it's like, it's growth and we don't understand, we cannot understand the mechanisms of that. So, yeah. Such a great analogy and just holding that space, right? Whether it's for yourself or someone you love when they are going through the growth pains, physical or mental, right? Just holding the space can be one of the most powerful things that you can do. Yeah. Courtney, before we wrap up, I would love to know what's one thing that our, you want our listeners to consider doing differently or changing after listening to this episode? Hmm. You know, I guess I would say, and it's the hardest thing for us to do sometimes, but find ways to just relax. Like almost as if you were talking to yourself 40 years from now and it's like, oh, babe, (laughs) like it's okay. Let's just go take a walk or, you know, whatever that looks like. And again, it's not, it's not just that it's the most compassionate and loving thing to do because we get a lot of that and we think, oh, I'm not loving, blah, blah. And then we start on a whole nother mental Mm -hmm. kind of spin. 
but it's more like, okay, what if there really was nothing that you could do? Cause guess what? There really isn't. Mm-hmm. And just relaxing, which again, seems so hard, but it's like, okay, just, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to like go pet the dog, whatever that looks like for you and finding what it is for you. Cause no one knows what it is for you. Like that's another mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I, one of the things I always tell people is like, I don't have your answers, you know, but you right. do. And right. so when you start really sourcing that and just like, okay, what could help me relax even just a little bit? Cause that's going to bring you closer to, to the truth and the trusting that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Courtney, where can our listeners uh, connect with you and learn more about you and the work that you do? So uh, my name's Courtney without a U. So it's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. And so Courtney McDermott is my handle on places like um, LinkedIn and Instagram. And we share some stuff there. Uh, Also, my team shares videos and things sometimes. And and then my website is either CourtneyMcDermott.com or CourtInc.com. And the books are basically wherever books are sold, brick and mortar and online, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So, and I think we're, fingers crossed, the audio version of at least the second book is coming out this year too. So. Amazing. Thank you for this beautiful podcast, which I love. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in, who's listened. It really, yeah, it's, um, it's beautiful to to be part of this. Thank you. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your insights, your stories. Um, really, it's it's been a pleasure. And of course, you can visit my website at gialacqua.com. Reach out on Instagram at gialacqua. On the homepage of my website, you can download your complimentary copy of From Chaos to Clarity, a 30-day journal for self-discovery and healing. This is Gia signing off with gratitude for your time and energy. Our mic drops, but the movement continues. Until next time, your next chapter is waiting. Take care. That concludes another empowering episode of Your Future Starts Now. Before we wrap up, I want to thank this incredible community of high-achieving women. Your energy, resilience, and commitment to growth are the driving force behind what we do. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Your feedback fuels our mission to empower high-achieving women just like you. And of course, share Your Future Starts Now with the extraordinary women in your life who are also on a journey of healing and empowerment. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts, let us know what topics you'd like to explore in future episodes. Stay connected on Instagram at Gia I encourage you to carry the energy of this conversation into your day and keep on supporting the incredible women around you. Until next time, remember, your next chapter is waiting.